to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, with my permanent guest, Cammie. Cammie, welcome. What up? <laughs> Thank you, Bryant. Uh, not a whole lot. It is. We're recording on Mother's Day. Right. Yeah, but this will be up in two weeks. So a, a little while, yeah. But ha- happy Mother's Day. Happy belated Mother's Day. Hope everyone's enjoying it. Uh, yeah, May's almost done at this point. It's been it's been a hell of a year already. Six months in. Can you believe that? That's almost crazy. It's it seems like What's it was on? just the beginning of the year, like a, a week of, ago. Of the, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, it's been a good year so far. I think for our show, we've been nailing it. Um, mystery every week. We pick random myths. Legends, tales, uh, just talked about the Valkyrie, um, before that Grim Reaper, so lots of death. Uh, we got a, we got another one coming today, but this is a cool concept. I've been badgering Cammy about this for a while. We're going to talk about the mythical beings. Cammy, reveal it. Drum roll. The centaur. Yay. Okay. <laughs> really excited. Uh, centaur, just like the Valkyrie, I'm, I'm sure you've, you've seen them, especially like Harry Potter features them, um, Percy Jackson. They're, they're everywhere. They're, they're in a lot of things, and they're super ingrained in today. In fact, when I started Googling, it was like, in the D&D rulebook, the centaur is the... And I'm like, no, 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 no. Okay, no. I need I need the real Well, tell us that. What, what... It, was, it was talking about, like, the life expectancy and, and stuff like that. And I was like, just for, you know, if you're making a centaur character or something like that, which I thought was funny. Um but there's some cool stuff here. So, you know, it's an ancient Greek-Roman thing. Um, I, I got some Medusa vibes from it because it's pretty darn old. But I know Cammy uh, has a great story. <coughs> Cammy, why don't you set up what you're talking about? Because you're talking about probably the, the most important centaur, right? I am. I'm talking about Chiron, who is sort of the father of all centaurs, although he didn't father any centaurs. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. This is. I'm really excited to talk about this. Yeah, my discussion is pretty fun today. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's wild. Well, uh, Cammie, you always drop a story on us, so please drop away. Okay. And I used uh, Ovid's <clears throat> Fasti in this, which is basically, Brian, are you familiar with the work? I've seen it um, in as like a side of works on Theoi and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. So I, I'm not that familiar with it, but it appears that he's explaining the months in this. Which makes sense. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, which are super tied into mythology in general. Although this has nothing to do with months, so. <laughs> <laughs> in the days when Chiron was growing into old age, he decided to live on Mount Pilion, prized for its emerald grass and dense forest. Chiron was happy here, already having done so much in his long immortal life. To onlookers, he may have seemed strange, though not out of place. His long hair came down to his broad shoulders. He was always shirtless and very muscular, though he he did seem more frail than he did centuries ago. But none of these features were what set him apart. Kiran's body at the waist began to look more equine. He had brown hair that matched his head covering his lower half. But unlike a minotaur or satyr, he had two sets of legs ending in hooves and a dark brown tail, which always seemed to flick when he was thinking. He was very at home running through the woods with the fawns, his secluded mountain perfect for disguising his existence from the hordes of men who might do him harm. Here he sat and spent his days. His only counsel were visits from the gods and heroes. It was on a seemingly normal day, the famous hero Hercules stopped in, on his way from his dangerous labors. He had just killed the Hydra, and was wanting company, and a kind and wise teacher to lend an ear. Chiron was eager. 
he had known little, little of adventure in his new days living in the mountain cave. As Hercules spoke of the great feat he had just endured, the centaur ran his fingers over the lion's skin and club Hercules had used in battle. As he spoke of the little crab biting at his feet during the final moments of battle, Curon went to Hercules' quiver, and his feeble fingers slipped and knocked the arrows, still sticky with hydra blood, onto himself. One pierced his foot, and he cried out in pain. Hercules rushed to his aid, and called the help of the mighty Achilles to come and comfort their teacher as Hercules gathered herbs. Surely an immortal could not die, but perhaps his pain could be eased. Curon mixed the herbs into several tonics, but even after prayers were said and the cures were placed at his lips, Curon was still shaking in violent fits. He could not stand or even lift his head by nightfall. And the two immortals comforted their friend as he laid there whimpering. After the day broke and still no relief, Curon called to the gods to make him mortal, so that he might forget his pain. Zeus granted the request, but not without throwing his body into the stars, so that we might all be blessed to see this wonderful creature displayed through eternity in 14 dots of light. Oh, it's like full circle. Yeah. Does does Ovid? That's how he explains the constellation of Sagittarius. Or is that kind of something you threw in? Is that what that was, right? Yeah, he. I don't, is it Sagittarius? I believe so. That's what kept coming up for okay. me. Okay. I don't know. I. I. Okay. I think that Kiron. <clears throat> they say centaur. As the constellation, yes. so it might be Sagittarius. That is a centaur. Yeah. It, it So, like, on a lot of things, it would say, like, also known as, or, or things like that. Oh, and I yeah, looked up the sense. etymology. Mm-hmm. I looked up the etymology, and I was I was curious. I want to know how much Sagittarius goes here. But Sagittarius kind of literally means, uh, from, from late Old English, from Latin, literally archer or properly pertaining to arrows. That's from etym- Etymonline, a uh, really nice little etymology website, uh, which comes from Sagitta, which is arrow. Uh, which is probably from a pre-Latin Mediterranean language, meaning person born under Sagittarius, properly Sagittarian, is attested from 1940. So it looks like, I, I don't know, we'd, we'd probably have to go um, look at the OG text of Ovid to see what word he used precisely and maybe go from there. He might have used the word like Sagitta, you know, I, I, you know, we'd have to kind of see what. Yeah, I didn't they look could've... at the Latin. I used Theoi, and right. it was translated, so it was just the English translation that I used. Right, and and he he might have referred the, the constellation may be referred to as like uh, they would have said like um, Centaurus or Centauri or something like that. It could it could have been, but so there's there's kind of a loose translation, and I think the connection between it kind of comes later, making. The constellation specifically a centaur. Two, he so. may not have directly called the constellation by name because I think if I remember, it was like seven times two for the stars or something like that. It didn't. I, I don't think oh, it yeah. actually said his name or said the name That'd of the constellation. Cool. That's interesting. So the centaur are really interesting. Uh, again, I, I always knew there was some some Greco-Roman stuff going on here, but they're quite old. Like I said before, I'm thinking Medusa here, and that's that's how old this stuff is. I mean, these guys are mentioned uh, a very, very, very long time ago. Um, we've got stuff from easily between 6th to 9th century BCE that references them. So, uh, again, the time of Homer, if not older, just like the Gorgons. And um, they're really important, but they're not as, like... Um, 
there, there, there aren't hundreds and hundreds of centaur. They're not kind of um, going out uh, like crazy, and that's actually kind of by design. There's a story. So the Greek word is kentaur. Uh, kenta. Ooh, all right, hold on. <laughs> kentaur oi. Okay. So you, you see that word taur, which uh, kami toros bull. Bull. Right? Yeah. I was confused by that too. Yeah. I never thought about it, but. The translation is essentially bull slayer. Um, oh. Don't. Mm-hmm. That's what Kentaur. I, 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 let's just say centaur uh, or Kentaur. <laughs> That's what it literally kind of means um, in in the translation, according to theoi.com, which uh, we can't speak highly enough. It's such a great website. Uh, it's it's t h e o i dot com. If you just want to kind of go down a rabbit hole of really good Greek um, classical information, it's there. So um, they the Kentauri were invented or invited to attend the wedding of their half brother um, Perithus but became drunk at the festivities and attempted to carry off the bride and other female guests in the battle which ensued. <laughs> it's not a wedding if there's not a battle. Um, most of the centaurs were destroyed. So, damn. Um, <laughs> they they were said to have inhabited the region of Magnesia and Mount Pelion in Thessaly. Um, so, and it, it is, it's a very kind of specific area. And they were always kind of like stuck there. Um they were born of uh, Ixion and Nephele, uh, who who's a nymph, right? Or or did I get that wrong? It was just a cloud. Yeah, so it was a nymph, but then Zeus, because Zeus didn't yes. want Ixion to sleep with Hera, so he made the nymph a cloud that, right. that resembled Hera. Because I guess you can mold a right. cloud if you're a god. Do I don't know. <laughs> And so um, from that relationship, uh, the centaurs were created. Going back to to Chiron real quick, um, who is perhaps the most important centaur. And it's funny, you mentioned he wasn't really the father of the centaurs. He wasn't. Um, his his uh, daughters, though, Theoi tells us, were the ones that took care of the children that came from Ixion and Nephele. So um, he was sort of uh, a, a father to them. Or a patriarchal in a weird... figure, yeah. Exactly. And his name means, uh, his, his translation is skilled with hands. That's what Chiron or Chiron uh, means, skilled with hands. And he is, he's, he's kind of like the god of inventing um, and medicine too, I believe, or surgery, in fact, I think is the word that's used. So he was, he was super handsy. I guess when you got four hooves, you're not worrying about those. Right. They're doing their thing. You're just like, and you've got a table behind you. You can just kind of turn and put stuff. Um, so you're just, you're super handy. But yeah, he, he, it's wild. Um, Charon is a half brother of Zeus. This dude's mega important. His his papa, Papa Kronos, the big guy, um, was uh, getting in bed with someone um, w- w- uh, when Kronos. I'll, I'll quote Theoia right here. When Kronos's treast with the nymph Philera uh, was interrupted by Rhea. Uh, he transformed himself into a horse to escape. Notice, and the result was was this two-formed son. So he was just like, oh, I got to bounce, and then <laughs> became a horse. Horses and are then, fast. Like, but he fit, you know, but things still happened, and then, boom, here's Chiron. But he is, he's, Chiron is, is a, a great teacher. He did, he was, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, Achilles helping him. I mean, he was, he was extremely, he's known as being extremely wise. He's He's probably, seems like one of the, like, best children that Kronos could have had like I, he, he's not known for doing anything remotely terrible 
And and yeah, he's he's skilled with his hands. He's a surgeon. He helped people. He, he's known as the wisest and justest. That's a word. <laughs> so it, it's it's wild. I, I absolutely love that this guy is is who he is and and seems to be like succeeding extremely well. And so it's it's kind of weird here this episode like coming into the centaur you kind of have to talk about Kiron but it's not like he he's the oldest and wisest but he's he's quite literally not like the father of them and the the thing that I kind of get when it comes to the centaur in general is they seem to sort of be so they were created you know we know how they're created from this um sort of uh thing between Ixion and Ephele. And then they sort of ended up in this area of Thessaly where they just sort of lived their lives. And there's a cool uh, explanation that some people have. And that is that there's this theory that when people who, who lived in the near area got in touch with, so we're, and we're talking about like, you know, beyond 10th century BC, when they got in touch with the, these people of this area, and they might have been nomadic or, or, or just cow, like horse riders. You, if you think you're like a farmer or someone who's spotting these people from a long way, you might, they might literally look like people who are half horse, half man. Um, you know, with the man standing up tall, you might not notice the horse, depending on things. You know, who knows? It's 10th century BC. So <laughs> there's this idea, and we've talked about euhemerism before, which is sort of, uh, euhemerism is, is the, the idea where past events, actual past events, so the, the past event here is, uh, Medit- uh, someone in this area, a Mediterranean farmer, sees these nomadic riders in the plains, and he goes back and he's like, "I saw these new people. They had the you know top half of a man and the bottom of a horse because he saw them from behind." Or, you know, so that that this is humorism, and then that story kind of goes on and on and on, and then someone's like, "Oh yeah, I can explain this. It's because of a cloud," you know, um, and then the other guy would be like, "Isn't it because of Kieran?" And he's like, "No, no, no, that doesn't make any sense." Um, so. Anyway, that's that's what's really cool. What's wild is we actually have a 16th century sort of corroboration that sort of helps this um, idea, and that is from Bernal Diaz del Castillo. Um, he was a conquistador under Hernán Cortés during the um, conquest of Latin America, and he would later write an account of the conquest, and he actually reported the Aztecs had a, I'm going to quote Wikipedia, had a misapprehension about the Spanish cavalrymen. They too apparently also saw them as uh, half man, half horse creatures. Again, I, I'm, I'm quite certain horses weren't um, indigenous to this area at this time. I, th- I remember there was that weird flip where like camels were in America and then horses were in, but then Pangea and plate tectonics and... Anyway, um, so but anyway, so they'd see these horses. That's new for one thing. And then dudes riding horses is crazier. So I just I think it's wild. You have um, centuries apart from these events. But there's this idea that that could kind of explain it when you're first seeing a horse, especially a man riding a horse, your brain kind of smushes them together and comes up with this explanation first. So not not a huge like weight holding there, but it's it's really cool. Nonetheless, that this happened uh, in the 16th century as well. But uh, going on kind of further, there is quite a mention of, of female centaurs in Greek literature and art um, center, uh, called um, centaurides or centauresses, of course. And there's other certain um, variations, especially in India. There's a few different variations. And Russia has a centaur-like half-human, half-equine creature called the Pulkin, uh, which if you look at some of the 17th through 19th century art, it's it's extremely looks like your stereotypical centaur. Um, 
We also have, there's a cool uh, diagram from the 15th century called the Zodiac Man, and it's actually a diagram of the human body, so it's supposed to be like a medical artwork, but it uses astrological symbols um, to inform the body. It's actually, the instructions are in Welsh as well, and it shows the importance of astrology from a medical perspective. These things were pretty well tied together um, for, for a very long time. And the centaur is depicted as the abdomen. Um, which was really wild. And here the centaur is holding, you can, I, I'll, I'll see if I can link it. It's from Wikipedia, but the centaur, um, very stereotypical 15th century drawing, um, but he's holding a bow and arrow as well. So there's there's this connection for sure, uh, especially by the medieval period with centaurs and archery and things like that. So really great. Uh, one fun thing I saw too from Theory is um, Lucretius. Um, he was, I believe, a historian, um, a Hellenistic philosopher. Um, from the time of 99 BC to 55 BC. Um, he wrote in his first century BC poem on the nature of things. He actually denied the existence of centaurs based on the differing growth rates between horses and humans. He was like, at three years, horses are in their prime. They're, they're doing their thing, but while humans are babies. And so I, I thought that this was extremely wild. I feel like you would have been killed for saying something <laughs> like this. Like, centaurs can't be real, you know, and then they'd be like, no, like, you can't say that. But I thought that that was really wild that he posited this idea simply based on life, you know, um, so that totally makes sense. Like that would be wouldn't that be really weird if like you have a centaur, it's three years old and its body is like her, like horse prime. But the top is a toddler who's just like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like pulling your hair and biting you. And you're like, God. but he's like zooming at like 80 miles per hour. And you're like, damn it. Get back here, Caron. So, um, yeah, really fun story here. Kiron, I, I, I don't, I probably heard that before, but I didn't know this much, especially regarding invention and surgery and just how he was just a, a rarely a grand guy. Uh, and poor Hercules killed him essentially. Um, and that was his nephew. And that's just sad too. But yeah, the centaur, they, they, they're pretty damn old. Um, my kind of nutshell explanation is that there were these nomadic people in the area long time ago other the neighbors saw them and were like whoa this is it and those stories formed um and gave the ideas to to make the the art that we see today but centaurs are extremely old Charon is extremely old again he's he's one of the sons of Kronos he is a half brother to Zeus so I can't really uh stress that enough but yeah I I hope you guys learned something new about centaurs I definitely did uh Cammy excellent story I think that was a really great way to show it as well for sure thank you yeah um, all right. Well, that wraps up this episode, guys. Let us know what you think. Do you know a centaur? Can you refer them to us? Do you know any other myths you'd like us to cover? Let us know. Mystery.com or mystery at gmail.com. Check out our link tree in the description. Remember, we're on YouTube, Twitter, all that good stuff. Let us know what you think. We love hearing feedback. But I think that covers it, Cammy. Would you like to add anything? No. Maybe a nay. <laughs> Do centaurs nay? <laughs> I don't know. They have human parts. I doubt it. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, uh, nay or not, we will see you all next time.